Hello and welcome to Arts and Bites. My name is Imogen Waite and I am the executive producer of the show. I spoke with Melanie Rowland, the producer of Flunk, a Melbourne-based web series which has gained 15 million views on YouTube following 16-year-old Ingrid as she starts to explore her sexuality while dealing with the pressures of a country high school and a conservative Chinese-Australian family. Flunk is about the teenage experience uh, growing up in the suburbs. Our show tells coming-of-age stories for a queer female-identifying audience. Um, some of our um, references and shows that we sort of that it's referenced from, I guess, would be like um, shows that I watched when I was young. <laughs> so like the OC and Skins and Perks of Being a Wallflower um, that really sort of capture that kind of teen spirit. It's, you know, the a time in your life when you're um, having a lot of firsts. So it's the first time you fall in love, the first time you have your heart broken, making like best friends and losing them and just all the hard lessons that come um, on the brink of adulthood. Um, and we also uh, have uh, like queer stories in there as well. So um, our characters are um from a range of um, a range of sexualities, we have straight and bi and lesbian and um, lots lots of different um, backgrounds in there as well. So, what was your role in creating Flunk? My role, um, I am involved in just about every aspect uh, of the production of the show that you can, <laughs> that you can think of. So, um, my involvement starts really, really right at the beginning, um, with the, the stories I read the plot notes and the early drafts of the scripts. Um, I'm involved in casting, hiring our crew, uh, then, you know, once you get into production, it's finding locations and um, costumes and communicating and just being the one that keeps everything together and on track, just managing the whole production basically. Um, and then once we get into post-production, it's watching, you know, edits as they come through, sound mixes. Um, and then I... Um, I'm involved in the rollout, so it's uh, clipping the episodes up for YouTube, doing the thumbnails, writing the descriptions, and then putting it out online. So all the social posts that we put out to support the show and, um, yeah, all of it really. <laughs> so how do you manage the, because you're involved really from, pre-production all the way to distribution and then marketing of the show. Mm -hmm. How, how do you manage that as one person or are there multiple people involved in every step, but you're just the driver of it? Um, uh, look, it's a hard question to answer. Um, the show is, is, it's made with a pretty small team. I do most of what I just described I do most of it not all of it um the I don't you know we have this year on the show we had um a team of writers that came in and worked with our head writer so I'm you know I'm not writing scripts but I am reading them all and giving notes um I'm not doing the edit but I am you know watching 
watching them back. But in terms of all the production nuts and bolts, like uh, it's me and basically one other person that's doing all of all of that. Um, yeah, I don't. How do I do it? Uh, look, I have a background in production. Um, I came up through working through the production office on lots of um, really fantastic um, films and TV shows uh, in Melbourne. So I was able to learn from, you know, some of the the best in the business on how to run a production and like what the different roles are, you know, what a location manager does, what a production coordinator does, what a costume supervisor does. So I got this really broad knowledge, which I could then apply to flunk and, you know, basically do a lot of that stuff um, myself and, and just keep the production small. A lot of um, what has meant what's allowed us to make so much of the show is that we keep the production quite lean and quite small and so we can make more of it and it sounds a bit counterintuitive but actually sometimes the less people you have on a production the easier it can be to do things so you can sort of work more quickly and there's less delegation and communication you can just sort of get in and, and get it done. That's really interesting I feel like that's a um almost not like a hack, but I feel like it's a great thing to say for people who want to start out and then maybe like students <laughs> just saying that like a smaller production actually makes it easier. Cause like everyone, cause like when it's a huge reduction, it's someone's job to organize all the roles that everyone has mm. to delegate. Yeah. So how did you approach this project and what made you want to join as a producer? When I started making the show, I came from a background in working in production, in production offices, which is all about kind of the logistics of, you know, um, sending call sheets and communicating and making sure people know where they are and what they have to do and, and all of that uh, very important work that goes into making film and TV shows. Uh, but when I started making my own show, I really, it was because I wanted to work in a more creative way and be able to sort of make those decisions about what we were doing and where we were going and try and um, create something that, you know, I could be really, really proud of and, and put out and hopefully find an audience. So prior to making Flunk, um, I had done a lean feature film accelerator program, which was run by Kylie Eddie. And so that was all about lean filmmaking methodology and um, which is really about putting your audience first and trying to make something with an audience already in mind so that when you take it uh, and you, you put it out in the world, it um, has the best chance of, of success. So we had learned so much from doing that program and uh, working with Kylie that it was just really exciting to come in and be able to put all of those learnings into practice and create something that you know we were really proud of and that we really love and and you know that would then go out and find an audience and um yeah that's really interesting how the idea of creating a show with the audience as its inception, is that right? And then building out from there instead of like it's starting with an idea, I assume, which is majority of shows. Um, and then you kind of like find an audience through further developing the idea. 
Yeah, that's it. Cause I think a lot of, and, and one of the things that Kylie talks about um, with lean filmmaking is a lot of people, it's the idea that comes to them first. And they're like, I really want to make this thing. Cause I think that it will just be good. But when you, you know, filmmaking, it's so hard, it's exhausting. It's like, it's months and years of work. And then you get to the end and you've got this product, but then you're not really sure how to get it in front of eyeballs because you've not actually even thought about, well, who is going to watch this and um, how am I going to find those people and, and, and get it in front of them basically. And so lean forces you to answer those questions at the start before you even make the project, because by the end of it, you're so tired, you'll just upload it anywhere and say job done <laughs> whereas if you do it at the start when you're really excited and you still got that like new energy buzz about a project then you're actually in the best position to to do that work and and it'll really serve you down the track once you've um yeah made made your show yeah that is so interesting I think you can also look at audiences that are not being served and be like I want to create a show for this particular section of an audience or yeah, I think that's a really interesting way um, and methodology of like developing a TV show. Totally. So through being a Chinese Australian 16 year old Ingrid and is exploring her sexuality and her character sits well beyond the traditional binary of teenage representation in the media currently. Um, here at Sin, we, we actively value this type of representation. Why is Ingrid's characterization so important to the show and so, so important to the show and the production? Yeah, totally. Um, so Ingrid was an amalgamation of a couple of people that the writer knew growing up um, and we felt that her story just hadn't been seen. She faces struggles on so many fronts, um, you know, racism, homophobia, bullying, bullying mental health um, struggles, low self-esteem. There's just, I think there's so many reasons to connect with her and root for her. Like you want the best for her because she's such a, um, you know, such an underdog, I think in, in society and in the show and this season, uh, which is our third season of the show, she goes on a really big journey. She's back at school and for the first time she's prioritizing her own happiness. And it's just, it's such a joy to see that journey for her. And um, yeah. That's great. And I think it's so important to show what prioritizing happiness looks like as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's at the, at the expense of, of other things. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, um, you know, it's not all happiness. There is some happiness for Ingrid, I will say, but there is, you know, with happiness comes, um, <laughs> not happiness, <laughs> but with going for what you want means that other people don't get what they want. So there's, there's consequences and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and drama, <laughs> but no, I think that's really important to show that too. Cause it's like, yeah, sometimes you do have to prioritize aspects over other things. And there's like, there's consequences there, but yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen in season three, but like, is there, I don't know, is it bad consequences? <laughs> is it consequences that just like have to happen? I think that's all part of growing up. Yeah, yeah, tough lessons learned. Exactly, yeah. So I understand this series is being supported by Screen Victoria. Why is why is the funding for these kind of projects so important for the government to fund? Sorry, that was awkwardly worded. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, 
Uh, so yeah, we're so grateful to have the support of both um, Film Vic and Screen Australia this year. I think it's so great that they're getting behind projects that are being made for audiences um, that you know mainstream organisations are just shying away from. It you know the, the big networks they don't seem interested in making shows for teenagers, let alone queer teenagers um so it's up to you know smaller producers to tell these stories and um we you know take them to youtube and it's really only possible with the support of um funding agencies like film vic to um to bring them to the screen that's amazing so um i'm not sure you can speak to this but if you are a new producer and you have an idea for a TV show and you would like film vic or screen victoria to fund it how what is that process like so if you're starting out, um, my first challenge would be to ask whether you really need funding just to start because a lot of what the funding bodies are looking for is, um, I guess, a proof that um, a proof of concept of what you're wanting to make will find an audience and you know how to do it and what to do. So we made to we you know when we approached screen australia and film victoria we uh had already made a few seasons of the show so we could go to them and say hey we've been doing this ourselves it's had a really great response um we'd love to make more of it do you see the value in it uh and they did and so they came on and we were lucky enough to make to make more before that we actually had some funding from community the community broadcast fund so maybe that's a good first place to start because i don't think that they had quite as many um hoops that you sort of had to to jump through as many requirements to to meet um community um broadcasting is certainly a really good place for producers to cut their teeth in terms of like the first time they're making something it's really low risk um and you can just just go in and do it so that would probably be my first advice is you know what's the minimum amount um that you need to actually just start and especially if you're you know a young fresh grad and you've got all your um graduate friends around you uh you guys should just bound together and make something because you've got the skills um even when you're at film school you've got the cameras <laughs> go off and do it like um Sometimes I think funding create makes often sometimes I think funding can put more roadblocks in your pathway to creating your product and you don't actually need it. You can just start. And then once you get going, then it is actually easier to go and have those conversations with the funding bodies and say, Hey, I've already started. I want to do more of it. Do you want to, do you want to help? And, They'll, they'll talk to you from there. That's great advice. Yeah, so start making something and then go, hey, like we have an audience here and they are not being represented by other media, so you should fund us. And they're like, Fat, that's fantastic. You brought the idea to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as you, you kind of mentioned before, you kind of touched on it before, the show's distribution is on YouTube. Um, why do you think this kind, this type of non-traditional distribution method is so effective? And as you can see, or as, I mean, your show has over 200,000 subscribers and 50 million views. So it reaches a wide range 
of audiences and is clearly um, they are coming back for more seasons. Mm. Right back to my original question, um, it, which is, <laughs> why do you think of why do you think this type of non-traditional distribution method is so effective? Yeah. Um, so YouTube is all about niche programming. Um, back in the day, there used to be five channels and channel 10 was the cool one. Uh, then cable came along and there were, you know, hundreds of channels. And now we're in the age of thousands, if not millions of channels. And you can get so specific in terms of who you're making your content for. And so what actually thrives on YouTube are shows that are being made for underrepresented communities that don't find what they want to watch on, you know, on cable or on the broadcast um, channels. And so they're looking to YouTube to, to sort of fill that gap. And um, yeah, that, that's why I think um, Flunk has done so well on YouTube. It's also um, a very uh, information rich platform. They'll tell you, you know, you get all your real time information from them. So you can see what's working in your show, what's not working. You get, you know, comments and feedback from the audience and you can really make a show that has such a a good fit for the audience that you're making it for. That's sort of the, a lot of what the lean methodology talks about. Whereas, you know, broadcasters, um, they only have, you know, one number that they can really look at, which is like how many people tuned in and turned the TV on at that time. And even so the way they go about getting those numbers is a bit, um, uh, you know, it's not as straightforward as like YouTube. You can't sort of get around how many, how many people are actually watching your show there. And, and you've, you can, yeah, see all the, all the data, which makes uh, a real difference for producers to be able to then, you know, keep making their show because they can see what's working and what's not. That's a really interesting comment how you mentioned that it's like a self, I mean, you get, you can get audience feedback kind of like straight away for the comments mm -hmm. and yeah, it's just kind of not collaborative process I would say, but it's, you get, you get the feedback right there. Why with traditional broadcasters, it's literally just numbers and it's like they, they stop tuning in and you're not quite sure why. Um, and just yeah, oh, audience tells us why <laughs> you know, it's like they like this story they don't like that story they want you know they want they've got opinions and it's in a way that they can actually tell you what they are in a really meaningful way yeah no it's it's great and also um how you mentioned that it's basically the algorithm is looking for really niche um content so it can give people like what they want and to keep them on the platform longer so it's like you're feeding into that it's great um for your show yeah, how can the audience find more information about Flunk? If you want to find out more about Flunk, you can head over to our YouTube channel, which is uh, YouTube slash Flunk series. We've done two seasons of the show so far. So there's, if you've not, um, if you've not watched it before, there's heaps to catch up on. Um, we also have um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. It's just 
at Flunk Series. Um, if you really like the show and you want to support us, we have a Vimeo page. So you can go over and watch the show in its longer format. So it's made in a half hour um, duration, as well as in the five minute episodes that we put on YouTube. We've actually just launched a new uh, show on the channel uh, called The Exchange. So it's a feature length film, which is available exclusively on Vimeo now and will be launching on YouTube at the end of July. It's about an international exchange student who goes to stay with a family in New Zealand um, and falls in love with uh, a girl that she perhaps shouldn't. Um, so that's that's starting to stream really soon and we're very excited about that. We, um, we made that in New Zealand at the start of the year with um, a lovely cast and crew over there who were just fabulous. So if you, uh, yeah, there's lots of lots of fun to catch up on. There's two seasons of the show itself, which is made in, um, in Melbourne, and then our new show, The Exchange, which is coming out now. That's awesome. Congratulations on the new show as well. Thank you. Yeah, that came out of lockdown because we yeah. couldn't make anything in Melbourne because we were locked inside for like four months. So we um, we wrote a wrote a script and had it made in um, in Auckland with our lovely um, cast and crew over there. That's so cool! <laughs> Congratulations, and like the audience, if you're looking for a show to binge, this is the perfect show to binge. Already two seasons out. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for um, being on Arts and In today and I wish you best of luck with the third season and the new film that's coming out. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Great, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening. A new episode is released mostly every week. So make sure to subscribe and why not leave us a review while you're at it. You can also say hello to us on Instagram at Arts and In Sin.